I know sometimes hanging out with me will cause, um, you know, convulsions. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I, I'm serious, man. There, there was this one time one of my buddies was smoking. Oh, hold on. Here, we're on the air. <laughs> Um, no. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophets. Welcome back, Barbarian Nation. I know you guys have been missing me. I've been missing for a couple of weeks, but I promise you Bigfoot eventually let me loose. And uh, I got off the spaceship and landed right back here in the Rocky Mountain region. And uh, while I was captive floating through the air, I ended up running into these two ladies that agreed to be on the show today. But one thing I definitely want to tell you is that there are going to be little lulls and delays because I am trying to finish up some schooling. So some weeks I just don't have time to do the show. That's the pits, isn't it? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now I have Tana. Tana is like, she points away from the microphone a lot, laughing, so if she suddenly gets super quiet, it's because she's a chuckler. And then I have Anna, who doesn't mind chuckling in your ears, so if you hear the laughing, there it is. It's all good. And uh, these two, uh, I have met through a couple of different ways. Tana, how did I end up meeting you? Um, You actually taught a couple of classes in the first phase at the mission yeah? How, how did I do for a teacher? You were actually one of my favorites. Oh, man, I made the list. It's good. <laughs> I was hoping she wouldn't say, I don't know. I slept through most of those classes. <laughs> right? Anna, how did I end up meeting you? I met you through my brother. Yeah, yeah, your brother. He has been around with me for a little bit. I've got him out in Ambridge now. He's home mm-hmm. for a short visit. But then he's off and running again and going back to school. And, and what are you doing nowadays? I work at the mission. You work at the mission. What do you guys, what do both of you do? We work at the front desk at the mission. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, the quick question is, you both of you work probably the night shift. At least some point you have to work the night shift. Oh, yeah. Does it get yeah. weird down there, get crazy? I mean, what do we get flow through the door? Most of the time, it's usually like drunk people coming in. Yeah. Not really. Like right. obeying to staff directives. Right. Um. That's during the night shift for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. On occasion, it happens during the day because when I show up, sometimes the police are dragging people out of there. Yeah, they get all crazy, don't they? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes we deal with addictions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we deal with uh, mental illnesses and stuff like that. That's part of working in the mission. And uh, But you do have to have healthy boundaries, right? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. So both of you were not just don't just work the mission and as you said earlier tana you guys both were um well i I know you did but i know you were in there too Mm -hmm. um both of you started out in phase one so there's how many phases at the mission three phases three or i guess i kind of think of it as four because like there's the phase that you're out there in the world having to apply the things you learned and i don't know i kind of like to think of it as the fourth phase but um there's three phases. The first two, well, the first one is like the, the basics about Christianity and what we believe. And That's then, where I come in. Yep. And, and I always we mess ask up all everybody. the questions. They do you. ask me all the questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so one of the things is you guys get a, not just one angle of teaching, though, right? Uh-huh. 
I mean, when I come in, I definitely, I know for a fact, I am much different than the other teachers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what would you say, and we're not trash-talking them now, and I'm telling you, dial that down a notch, but when we're taking a look at what all what all types of people do you end up hearing from? Different types of pastors, different types of Bible students, what do you hear from? Just uh, different types of Christians. I mean, we all come from different backgrounds. We have teachers from different backgrounds, and uh, you just kind of get to meet the whole per- the whole spectrum of Christianity in like this one place. And um, so you got everything from Catholics to Pentecostals. I mean, it's not discriminatory. It's like the unity of the church down there. <laughs> it is the unity of the church. You know, the funny thing is, that's the way the church should work. Yep, I agree. That we're, we're all just part of the church at Casper. Yep. Even though we all have different houses, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. So you were raised in the church, Anna. Yep. Okay, raised Lutheran all your life? Yep. All your life? All my life. Every day? Yep. All right, well. Baptized as an infant all the way till now. You better settle down, Paul. We've heard that <laughs> speech before. Okay, so Tana, what about you? You've been a Christian all your days? Um, No, I was actually an atheist my entire life until I came to the mission. Okay, so fill me in. What does it mean to be an atheist? Um, Not having believe in one religion, really. Okay, so... um. So explain that a little bit. So you just, was there a reason you didn't believe in, uh, not just anyone, you didn't believe in any gods, none at all. So what was basically your belief system? Um, well, with me, I just kind of tried to get by day by day. I didn't really think about religions or anything like that. I just, you know, I was a, a person that liked to believe that if you believed in something, that's cool. I'm not going to judge you for it, no matter what you believe in. Um, But at the same time, I didn't really believe in any of the supernatural or gods or anything like that. You didn't follow any Wiccan or anything to that effect either. I mean, it is like, uh, I don't follow any of these things. No. So you said, now, you came out of where? You came out of California. Mm -hmm. Where did you say in California? San Jose. Okay, so what was it like being down in San Jose? I mean, what what's the culture situation down there? Um, I never really looked. Um, I mean, my grandparents were Christians, mm-hmm. but they weren't, like, going to church or anything like that. I mean, sometimes they had, like, um, pictures or crosses or angels on the walls. Like, mm-hmm. my grandmother loved angels, like mm-hmm. the little sculpture, baby and angel kind of thing. So right. I'd always get those for her for, like, holidays or whatever. Cool. But that's not all I really knew. Well, and Anna, what about you? What was what was it like growing up in a Lutheran house with Cody? Oh, my goodness. It was No, crazy. you don't have, you don't go into Cody's house. <laughs> Just how was it to grow up? Now, you grew up completely different, but yet yeah. you two live together yeah. now. You guys are roommates and both work at the same place, and you're, you've both been through some very similar things, even though... You come from an atheist background, Tana, and and you come from a Christian background. So, uh, I is it okay if I get personal? Yeah. All right. So the question is, what made you land in the mission? Now you have a mom and dad. You mm-hmm. had a sat. You have a sound home. I know your folks. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. what what happened to land you in the mission? Um, so one thing that really wasn't present in my home growing up was uh, the idea of like therapy and mental health issues. And um, I struggled with depression a lot growing up with, um, there's a lot of things like, even though I grew up in a Christian home, I also had a lot of like trials throughout my life and I didn't quite know how to deal with them. Right. And uh, growing up with some, I love the churches that I went to and I'm not trying to smack talk or anything, but <laughs> there is, there is, you That's know, okay. every you church has. I, I won't take any smack talk <laughs> and I can delete that. I, every I church, don't ever delete anything. Every church has like their flaws and um, some of the flaws in. The church, some one of the churches that I grew up in, kind of really caused a big wound in my heart with religion, and um, I just kind of became bitter towards the church. And I just, I was like, why is it like so hypocritical sometimes? Right. And well, because everybody's hypocrites. <laughs> but we're all uh, sinners, right? Yeah. Right. We all. So, we all and, well, have and that's what that you know there there is occasionally. Exp- especially when we're a young Christian, mm-hmm. we start thinking, we read the Bible and we start to conceive that the people that believe this should be better. Yep. But yep. unfortunately we find out they're humans. Right. And you know? I, I was just, I was wrestling with that. And like, then, um, high school hit and some things happen. And, uh, I ended up just going off the train I snapped at one point and I think it would it had a lot to do with like my mental health like not being able to recognize that I had depression and I didn't know what to do with it and um growing up you're like well I can't have depression I have Jesus you know oh, like so that became a guilt thing that's the yeah, devil yeah and and so like I really struggled and wrestled with it and so when I uh call it 2020 I graduated, but also the COVID hit. Right. And that was like my tipping point with my depression. And so like I got suicidal and um, I started smoking weed and then college rolled around. And then I still struggled with my depression and my mental health. And then um, 2022, I ended up hitting my breaking point and I was, I was so down far the rabbit hole of drugs and partying and the party scene of college that, um, I was just, I was so lost and I cried out to God and I was like, God, just end end it here end end my life. Take me home. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be alive anymore. And I got the call and I stay for my mom to have me come home. She's like, you need to get your butt home. Right. So, yeah. And then I ended up looking into, like, I wanted to go to a rehab center. And then my mom and dad were like, well, Cody and Bert were talking about a place called The Mission. And so I was like, yeah, but I, I need a place that's like, I, I need Christ. And, and and that's what I knew I needed. I needed to get right with God again. Right. So let's time it out right there, okay? Now let's swing down to the other end of the table and go... Tell me how you ended up at the mission, Donna. Um, my relationship with my mom mm. was never so, so, um, was never really 
a good relationship since I had moved back with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I ended up like running away a lot or I ended up um, being kicked out a lot. And I was like couch surfing many places, group homes, um, friends places for like a year. Um, ended up in the hospital after one certain person, um, they were abusive and I managed to get away and then I was in the hospital for a while and then from the hospital I went to the mission and I was actually working there for a while and someone had mentioned, um, to try to do the program And originally when I started the program, I thought, oh, well, this will buy me some more time, you know? Right. And then the very first day in the first class, I get in there and I pick a random Bible, open it, and it has this picture card of Jesus holding one of the men that nailed him to the cross with 1 John 1, 9. Amen. And it just, like, spoke to me and opened my eyes. And then since then, it was just, like, a whole other world. Wow. That's beautiful. I got right. goosebumps. For I that. did too, man. <laughs> so you know, so yeah, it, it's funny that when when the gospel message hits you, whether it be through the word or through a visual thing like that, that uh, the Father was calling you, and Jesus reached out, and there you were, and He was like, "Don't sweat it, I got you." Right? Yeah. That's a beautiful thing, man. All right, so. Let's go back to Anna. So, Anna, you get to the mission. Well, I remember you coming up and scoping around. <laughs> I uh, I am just proud of your father. I'm going to say that for not using horse hobbles on you to make sure you didn't run away. Because I can see, I can tell you right now, that little girl, that's why I wanted to delay this story a little bit, is because uh, if she could have ran down the street, she would have run down the street. We'd have had to lasso her and drug her back up like a good Wyoming cowboy would. Oh, my dad would have. <laughs> Your dad would have cut you. I'm telling you, because he they had made up their mind that they were they wanted their kid rescued. Yeah. So you know, so what happened? Did you step into the mission? I step into the mission. Um. Uh. And so, like before that, like God obviously was working on my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, before I even came up here, I was like listening to these sermons and, um, just trying to like get more because like at that point I had that, I felt that void, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this. And like, so when I got to the mission, everything in my body, like, I just like, I felt so much fear, so much anxiety, so much like, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but like, I was just like all like, I just like, I felt like the, like the things running through my head was like, I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. I'm not, I'm not in the right place. I made a mistake, you know? And then, um, I was like, I had I told Misty, I like gave Misty a no. And I was like, I need, I need to, I need to talk to you as soon as possible. And when I went and talked to her, she prayed over me and like, she was like, she was like, um, making not making but like she was like having the she was like casting the fear off of me and it's just like i just felt it go and like after that point i was like super open super receptive and i was just fine 
Right. But I was like so terrified in that moment. I just felt so uncomfortable and I felt oppressed, honestly. Well, you want to know who was the most terrified in that moment? Who? The devil, because he's about to lose you. Yeah, and that's I, and I that felt is it. that fear that you were feeling. That's I not a joke. It. That's and, real. And deal. she was she was casting. She was rebuking it. She was. <laughs> well, you know that that's one thing that's definitely got to happen. So, did you? Ha- and so your experience with uh, Wyoming Central Rescue Mission? It is a true mission. I mean, mm-hmm. there are homeless people living there, but it's also a recovery center. And if yep. a person wants to recover, if they want to get off of their addiction, if they would like to. You know, step out there. That is the place mm-hmm. to go. It definitely has been very beneficial. Yep. I had no, <coughs> Sorry about I didn't that. feel like I had anywhere to go because back home I, I had friends and I had I knew where to get the stuff. I knew, you know, like it was yeah, just friends. easy access, right? Yeah, friends. Friends always lead <laughs> friends, you to two places. Friends lead you to prison and, and death. That yeah, they love you so much they'll murder you in your sleep. I get it. I know. I've had those friends. You know, here the reality is is that anybody that gives you anything that will destroy your life ain't never been your friend. Amen. You know. So Tanya, when you so you you see this thing and you start to do or Tanya, I just called you Tanya, <laughs> didn't I? I told you I would do that, didn't I? And I set myself up for that. Tana, okay, Tana, when you, um, uh, so you see this and you start down this process. So just like her, she had the Christian backing, but Mm -hmm. you didn't. And that's, I want to show this, this thing between you two is that there is quite a bit of difference. So all of a sudden you see this Jesus guy, you start going to classes. And at what point did you start going, I'm ready this because you got baptized when you were in there too didn't you um yeah i got baptized with the casper community church nice um so it took me a while to feel like i was starting to grasp um just basic stuff from the bible well i know when pastor bert's in there talking to you you were like whoa whoa, yeah whoa he's way out there but it was cool. It was. It was awesome. It was like super deep and like very thorough. And it was just like a lot of information that I loved to hear and that I needed to know and hear. Right. Thanks. That, you know, but one of the things did it, I want to know about the fire getting started inside that because I see it in you all the time. Yeah. Um. So the fire inside of me, like, yeah, it was there. Um, especially the first week that I started, because right. there was like a lot of things that started happening like the first week that I had started, mm-hmm. like things that I realized that they were God that weren't like really possible. Like my ID got stolen on the city bus. And right. then that Wednesday, the first week, they were like, oh, we have your ID. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Like, <laughs> That's cool. So that was that was another eye opener for me. But like I kind of like faded in and out. But I also remember this one point where um, this movie that we were watching in first phase really fired me up. It was about um, I think it was was it the Jesus Revolution movie or no? No, you guys weren't there. Um, yet. We we did go to see that movie, but that wasn't the movie. It was when the the boy fell through the ice. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, I don't remember the title of it, but it just, like, it fired me up so, like, 
brightly, I was like, wow, I don't think my faith is ever going to fade. Right on. That That's beautiful. And uh, what about you when you were there? And I mean, right off the gate, you start going, okay, I'm ready to be here. Uh-huh. But Anna, and then when, when, did, when did you finally catch a flame? Oh, man. It was... Uh... That for okay, so I got it. I'm I chuckling got, because I remember how many times after class you'd be like, I need to visit with you for a minute. <laughs> and I'd say, What do you need to visit with me? And she's like, Uh, you gave me so much info. It's like trying to drink out of a two inch fire hose that is full. <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, you got it, you know, I did. both of I you just, guys, both of you guys up. pick it up. Yeah, you guys were, yeah, you guys, the whole room, That that's one thing that I love about being a teacher down there, is everybody is a sponge. You just keep pouring the spirit to them, and they keep going, oh, okay, okay. And sometimes uh, I will teach the same thing a couple of times, and the re- and I change it up a little bit, but I teach it a couple of times because it's funny how much uh, that affected this person, but that person didn't hear it, and then the next person did. So with both of you with that, and you're both in the same class, so what ends up happening with you there? So you get lit up. Okay, so when I got confirmed, I ran, randomly, quote, quote, got this verse on my stole, like my um, confirmation stole, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, or affirmation of faith, and it was Isaiah 41, verse 10. Mm-hmm. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. Yes, I will strengthen you. I will behold you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm-hmm. And um, I like ran. I had this book called God's Promises, and I opened it up and like random page, and it was about fear. And the verse was Isaiah forty one verse ten, and I was like, oh my gosh! And it just like it went. It was uh, only random to you. <laughs> the yeah. one thing is, Holy Spirit's never caught off guard. <laughs> no, he's like, he here, totally we'll just do that. this. Whoa, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> okay, so you guys ended up graduating phase one, right? Yeah. And you went on to phase two. And phase two, they did a couple more things. You guys end up going camping. You guys end up with a lot deeper study into mm-hmm. the word. Uh, you guys end up going through all of that and then you get to phase three and phase three becomes kind of the final deal. I even know there, Mm -hmm. I know you said there's four, but phase three, and then you step out on your own. And what's the first thing happen, Tana, when you stepped out on your own, what was one of the first things that took place? Um, were you afraid to leave? Let me ask you that. Well, when I first got to third phase, I... I was really nervous because we had just got back from camping. Um, Before we went camping, I put in my application for the front desk. Mm -hmm. And, like, camping was a whole nother spiritual eye-opening. Like, it was just beautiful, and it was so Holy Spirit-filled. But when I got back, I was, like, really nervous because I had gotten a missed call while I was gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, crap, I have to call them back again. Mm -hmm. And they didn't answer. So I had to wait a couple of days for, like, Monday, of course, because it was Friday. And I'm guessing that they weren't in. But that was okay. I was just nervous. Um, And then I got a couple of interviews. Um, Well, one was, like, a photographer guy taking Mm -hmm. pictures of the mission. But I was working up at Treasure's. And he wanted to do a photo shoot. 
And then it was like the actual like interview for the position for the job. Mm-hmm. And I started working there and I was like really nervous because I don't really like to be an authoritative kind of person, especially towards people that I know. Right. And um, it was really difficult getting into the sleeping schedule. So for like the first couple of weeks, especially with all the noise going on in the women's house, mm-hmm. it was me constantly in my room trying to sleep and being sleep deprived and stuff like that. And apparently I seemed as if that I didn't want to socialize with them anymore. And there was this big Jezebel spirit within the house. Ooh, okay. And that was a real struggle. Mm-hmm. That really was. Okay, so one of the things that you, that's a thats a good point. So uh, is one of the things that you feel that you've dealt with down there is several different demonic spirits, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. They've been rather active even when I was living there. Yeah. So how did you end up dealing with that? How did all of you end up dealing with it and be nice and don't use names? Okay. Okay. But you can use a Jezebel. If you have a Jezebel, you can say it. Because a a couple of things, when you have a Jezebel spirit, you have to realize there's an Ahab involved. Mm -hmm. And an Ahab will always be the enabler, and it doesn't mean that that is a female. Mm -hmm. And a Jezebel isn't necessarily always a female. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a male. and uh, But there it requires two. And she is weakest, Jezebel, is weakest without her Ahab. Mm. And Ahab can be authoritative, but he doesn't have the courage without the Jezebel. Oh, I see you two looking at each other there. That's interesting. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, I'm I'm not wrong, am I? No, No, you're not. And it makes a lot of sense. It does. (laughs) Well, and and here's here's a couple of things that happen is when we do casting out demons, and I'll I'll do some shows on that here uh, very soon. Um, You know, uh, that is actually a very dangerous thing, and it but it is important to defend yourself, and you Mm. do have rights for that. But there is a thing about having authority over a house. And the reason the Jezebel spirit was coming against you, just so you're aware, is because you were moving into authority and she was afraid you would take something from her. Okay. So now tell me what you did to her. Um, so at first I was just ignoring it. Um, and then it came to a point where she was... Going behind people's backs, explaining like their cases with case management and stuff, or whatever happened to them, whether that they were there at the house or right. um, working in the kitchen, like with the whole thing that would happen that happened with you in the kitchen and the front desk. She was telling people about that, and I called her out on it. I said, "Is this a Christian-like thing to do? Does this person give you permission to tell their story right. about them to the house? Right. So what happened? How, um, how did how did she react? She blew up. Oh, I bet she did. And that's when I walked away. Yeah. And most of the time, I didn't even really have to talk with her for mm-hmm. her to blow up at me. Right. And it got so bad to the point where evidently I was unable to use the kitchen and laundry room. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. And then okay. she moved in with me. Yes. <laughs> and then she moved in with you. Okay. Yeah, well. and, and then, and, and you know, and the key thing is here is with the person, we got to understand that the person is subject to this thing. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Absolutely. We don't we end up not hating the person and, mm-hmm. and not and not belittling the person, but we gotta deal with the, mm-hmm. the demonic. So she ends up moving in with you and there's some other complications, obviously. Yep. So our end result, without all that detail, with with our end result, how did you cast it out or did it move away? Um it hasn't left. I don't it's think still in the place. Yeah, I think so. But um, there was so like my biggest thing was Transfer while we pe- were hold on a sec. Transferred people. Uh, no, no, just still within the house. Still the within the house. house. It yeah. acts in the house, not even through people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one time Tana and I were actually praying through going through the house with anointing oil and just right. blessing the place, like. Um, speaking life into the place really and like just praying and we got to a certain point and she was right behind me but she saw me get like pushed back by this thing physically pushed me back almost tipped me over right and right as that happened like my stomach had dropped and I had felt whatever it was just like hit me and it was like it was scary. Like it scared me. And that is the thing I was that like, is affecting. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, that is the thing affecting the other people. Yeah, mm-hmm. you it's know. Real. Now, now here's one of the things that we always seem to understand when dealing with a demonic is that if there, if that person has a weakness, let's just use me as an example. One of the things that we do within the Lutheran faith is we, every Sunday when we get together, we have a confession, a time of confession, and we listen to absolution, you know, to be absolved. Mm -hmm. And what happens in those moments is we physically hear that we are forgiven of things. That becomes very important. But on occasion, what we need to do is we need to work with a pastor or we need to work with somebody of authority to add, well, or you need to work with somebody you really trust mm-hmm. that um, that you can lay out some of your um, struggles and listen to the word that they absolve you. And the reason for that uh, is because then you don't give the devil a toehold. Okay. Yeah. Now, the reason that I say that is that you felt a spirit wasn't attached to a person in that moment, was it? No, no. it wasn't. No. And so it's moving in the room, and it's constantly, it says in the Bible, the devil is prowling like a roaring lion, looking for who it can devour. So as it is moving around and looking, the minute it finds something weak in you, it utilizes that to attack other people. Okay? It doesn't mean that it took them over or anything that's an oppression. Mm. Oppression. Mm -hmm. It's not a full-on possession. Okay? But when it does that... it'll find it easier and easier to get in that every time. That's why it got more and more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then as it got more and more aggressive, it started to wiggle its way in and we can transfer from oppression to a possession. If the person decides that yeah. they're accepting it, does this make sense? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, that becomes very dangerous stuff. So you guys were dealing with some, and you know, and in a place like that, those are heavily prayed for area. But that doesn't mean that we're all innocent. I mean, you know, churches get filled up with that kind Uh of craziness all the time where you end up with a whole church full of insanity, right? Well, that's Mm -hmm. how you destroy the church. You you destroy the church by, well, I'm not saying you, but like, that's how, (laughs) that's how how the enemy, that's how the devil gets to the church. And, And we see that. When with the addressing of the churches in Revelation, 
Oh, yeah. Um, um, cause we all are those churches. We should look at the, the seven churches absolutely in revelation and see where we're falling short, right? Where, where we're doing good. You know, we should right. always be using that as like a, okay, where are we? Are we, are we okay? Like, you know? Right. And so, um, but like, I definitely think that those spirits were invited into that place. Right. Well, they, they, here, here's one thing with an invitation. Uh, when it comes to an invitation, let's think that's not always about, Hey, I want you to come in. Mm-hmm. It is about when we refuse to stop it from coming. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because, uh, they're not polite. No. And they'll force their way in any door they can. Yep. And any, anything that continues to move forward in this stuff is, is things that we have to combat. So, uh-huh. Huh, we might have to go down there and deal with a little bit of that stuff. That'll be interesting. So we'll see if if what happens. So let's uh, this leads into the next thing because we've been through the first half of this show, believe mm. it or not. Wow. Okay. So now I now I got a second half of the show. So I I have uh, I have a question because recently you guys went ahead and went through some movie watching. Yeah. Yes. And as you were watching this movie, all of a sudden scary things started happening in your lives. I don't know if scary things happen or not. You guys wanted <laughs> to discuss with me a show that you recently watched, so I didn't take any questions from you before, but let's let's hear them now. I'm ready. So what's the movie you watch? Okay. It's called The Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist. And and you watched it with her? Yes, I did. Okay. And I noticed that both of you are a little creeped out by the whole thing. And and here, let me warn my um, listeners, is that uh, I would not let your kids watch it. But I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't really, it didn't really flip me out. I mean, when I was watching, I'm like, yep, I've seen that. Yep, I've seen that. So there were some interesting things that took place. And that priest yeah. um, is a, it was a guy. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I've it's I've watched true. interviews with him, etc., and some of the stuff they utilized for that movie, the way I understand it, was some of the things that were publicly known. But you know, he says something that I would one million percent agree with is that when it comes to demonic possession, maybe two to three percent of the population actually gets full blown demonically possessed. Mm-hmm. Most people get demonically oppressed or they want to make excuses for what they're doing yeah. because they're still living in sin. They're still living in, um, not that we're not all sinners, but they are still living apart from Christ to where the decisions that they're making, they're wanting an excuse for their decision. So they go, Oh, I think I'm possessed. I get it all the time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so let me ask you a real quick question. You know, and I, I've got some questions I ask him that uh, I've been around when a demonically possessed person calls me by a specific name that only God calls me by. I know that I'm dealing with something right there. Right. Okay. Because yeah. I don't ever reveal that one. I reveal some things to people. But when that happens, I know game on. Because that's that's uh that's no kidding. And the other part of it is, I I question myself right away. Is uh, before I will go deal with somebody, I need to be confessed. Yeah, and, and you'll notice that he pointed that out in oh, that yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I I uh, have such a 
respect for the confessing absolutely of of our sins to a brother mm-hmm. because if we don't and a lot of people think well I, i've already prayed about it I've oh i confessed to it to god but like <laughs> yeah so, so did so did the priest and the exorcist yeah. you know like yeah but here's the problem Here, here's the problem when you confess only to god it's still a secret yep and secrets are and secrets are bad our I, I tell you what i i hear confessing confessions every week no joke i hear them every week i'll have people come in that are not members of our church okay but they will float in they sit down uh i have a a place where we meet i shut the door we have i hear everything they got to say they may even be from a whole nother town i walk them through the prayer of that we talk about it we talk about the situation we take a look at whether do we need to get some further assistance for the person. And at the end of that, they leave and go. But see, they I don't know any of their friends. I don't know anything, so I'm a safe area. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when we have somebody that uh, is able to do that, it becomes very powerful. Mm-hmm. Because then when uh, the devil says, hey, Tana, I know this about you. You go, yeah, so is Bert. Not a big deal. I mean, he knows he didn't seem to freak out. So whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and you move on. But uh, the other part of that is that you can also say, yes, and so does the pastor. He knows and he has reminded me Christ has forgiven me for that. Mm-hmm. So bring it up if you want. I already know I'm set free. You know, Amen. it becomes a big thing. Okay, so let come on. Let's get down to the dirt. I want to hear the dirt. Tell me about the movie. You got twenty minutes. Let's do okay. this thing. So, in the movie, right? Um, it talks about the great conquisition, uh, right? Inquisition. 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 Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the great inquisition. I I love how it um, they address that in the. The fact that it, it wasn't of God. No, God would never torture it was, people. It was rather demonic, it actually. Was. Yes. And, you know, the one thing I appreciate about that is I'm sure the Catholic Church knew that was coming out. And it was a way for them to say, yes, yes, this happened in our history. And uh, it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we there's sometimes we can look back at something that happened four or five hundred years ago. I don't, I can't apologize. I wasn't involved in it then, but we're letting you know mm-hmm. this happened, and it was the devil. Yeah, I mean, oh, and some people think, oh, because we're, we're the church, like we're invincible. No, mm-hmm. no, that and we're under full like, blown attack. No. Oh, yeah. If anything, it's going to get a little harder. I mean. The devil don't like us being the church, and no. if if he's not messing with you in some kind of way, um, You're maybe intri- you need he, to look at something in your yeah, life. Yeah, he's already got you. So, Tana, what did you see in there? What what freaked you out the worst? Oh my gosh! So <laughs> it wasn't so much as like the. I mean, yeah, it did like freak me out a little bit, but like it was kind of like the after the movie like it just sinking in kind of thing you know when we realized that it was like one of those like really powerful like principalities right yes and that runs a region can run a country can run all types of things so 
what was one of the um uh I mean there there's an opening scene where he's in there, he's dealing with a guy and they bring in a pig, he goes, That's a nice mm-hmm. pig and he brings it in <sighs> and stuff to that effect. Well, uh just just in case some people miss it, later on he's on trial over that pig shooting. Yeah. Okay. He's on trial. And they said, Well, was he demon possessed? He goes, Well, he's a little messed up kind of thing, you know. He said, uh they said, Well, uh what was with the pig? He goes, Sometimes we need a little theatrics. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had asked the guy specific questions in there and and in turn that, that that's what happened. Now, uh, we have now he was a modern day, he only passed away here like two years ago. Wow. Okay, this isn't real old. This is he, he died like just a couple years back. But the NALC has a guy by the name of Philip Genyon. Mm-hmm. And I've met Phil, and he is, uh, Pastor uh, Genyon is an incredible man. And he, um, him and I have had an opportunity to talk. He's a very funny guy. Uh, great sense of humor. Wonderful artist. Very excellent book writer. Uh, but one of the things that he is, is uh, he's been trained as an exorcist by the Catholic Church. And if I remember correctly, under that guy. Okay. And that guy has wrote books. The the uh, Amroth, I believe is how you say his mm. name. Uh, Father Amroth is that, um, and uh, Phil has wrote some books too. And to try to get them online, if you don't know where to hunt them, his books for "Deliver Us from Evil" will run you four or five hundred dollars. Okay, well, Dang. and the, the reason is because he's pulled them from print. Uh, I think that he's getting ready to reestablish that because. It has an opening statement. I wish I had it sitting in front of me, but one of the things that he makes a statement in the opening of that is the church has not done itself justice by ignoring the demonic. Amen. And that what has to happen is we are living in a day and age where demonic is ruling. And I, I mean, we see it with um, uh, all of the things you can want. Turn on the news. You can mm-hmm. see it all. I mean, right now we've got an Israel thing that we're not going to cover today. But we have things happening in Israel where there is brutality beyond measure. We have things going on in our own country with the mutilation of children, etc. We have uh, kids being um, uh, sex trafficked, etc. Those are things of the devil. And people always say, where is God? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to repeat something that Eric Reason said, another pastor that I know, uh, actually the head of the NALS is he made a mention about this one time, and he said, sometimes we're looking in the face of the enemy instead of turning around to look in the face of God. Amen. Are you with me? Yep. So when we see horrific things, when we see the world truly doing ugly things like is happening right now in this time, and, and like in this movie you guys watch, we have to turn to see the beauty in which Christ is presenting. Mm-hmm. Because he has told us these things are going to happen, that the demonic is going to rise and things to that effect. But he has also brought along a collective. Now, one of the reasons I asked about the fire in each one of you is because that Holy Spirit burning inside of you is what we have to have if we're going to go into any combat with any of that. Amen. And none of us, none of us sitting around this table right now were ever meant to be warriors sitting on a shelf collecting dust. Nope. 
we got to be in the midst of it. But we're also not supposed to go out and start picking fights. Nope. Here's the number one thing that I see when it comes to people going, I was called to fight demons. Great. All of us are. That's wonderful. That's just like everybody yep. tells me, I was called to preach. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to start a church. Whoa, that's a whole different thing. That's called, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to call to preach. Everybody's called to preach, but not everybody's called to be a pastor. Yep. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. And the same thing is true as when, hey, I'm called to be a warrior. Great. What type of warrior? Yep. Hey, mm-hmm. I want to cast out demons. Hey, do you though? Because you've got to make sure that you are prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Part of that is training. Part of that is education. Part yeah. of that is making sure we fully understand our Bible. We have to make sure that when we are called to do something, you know, Jesus said, I never did anything I didn't see my father do. I never said I did anything I didn't hear him say. I didn't never go anywhere. He didn't tell me to go. Right? Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is, is that if we uh, start to move forward and I say, Tana, I'm going to cast something out of you, but God hasn't told me to, I am risking my own infection. Mm. Yep. Because I am not acting under the authority of the Lord. I'm trying to be make you think that I'm more than I am. Does yeah. this make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that in this day and age, we have so many people on YouTube, and we have so many, and I won't call them out, but we have so many people on YouTube, and we have so many people that are writing books, etc., but I've, I've read their books, uh, and I have met a few along the way that they are actually have productive and uh, things that are good. But they're still missing some of the rights that have existed for several thousand years mm-hmm. that probably should be exercised. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so what does exorcism mean? Either one of you can answer. Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm not. See, because like I'm I'm still learning the terms and whatnot, but. Well, here let me let me explain to you what it means. It means to bind with authority. Yeah. So when you do an exorcism, it's a binding with authority. Uh-huh. Well, most people do at a lower level church, for real, and this is not a hack on that your high church, low church. At lower levels, what we do is we hear confessions, and that is a form of relieving the person. Mm-hmm. Okay, if they're demonically possessed, then we have to go into something else. But that is called deliverance ministry. Yep. And when you go into deliverance ministry, what that means is that we're going to go through some stuff. I'm going to say, hey, you know, I used to mess with a Ouija board. I used to play around with this thing. And, uh, you know, one time I think we kind of released hell on earth in my house. And it was bad because the whole thing eventually imploded and went into a hole. It was terrible, right? And they go, well, (laughs) okay, let's pray about that. Okay, that is deliverance, where we start to work with the emotional thing because Christ has already set you free from that. That's a little bit different than a person going, I have surrendered myself over to a demonic presence, and I am screaming for help. And uh, I've I've seen that, and I can tell you that I've had that walk into our church to where a person, I have watched them work with all their might to get into the building, and I'm down at the... 
I'm down front preaching. And I'm watching the person try to get into the lobby. And I'm watching our security guy waiting for her to get all the way to the door. And you could see her walking back and forth and fighting it. And finally, she makes it in. And she makes it in about the time I settle up. And then we get down to the point of communion. And she gets up out of her seat and she comes down for communion. And I am literally watching going, all right, I wonder where this is going. But when she got there, I didn't have a big, long conversation with her. I didn't go, hey, you look a little bit demonically possessed. (laughs) Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. But what I did is when she stuck forth her hands is I could see a person fighting with all their might to reach for Jesus. Amen. It's beautiful. And I said, this is a body broken for you, the true body of Christ. And I placed it in her hand, and I seen it took all she had in her to put it in her mouth. And then she took the wine, and she had the wine, and she went back and sat down, and you watched a peace settle over her. Because who knows what she had to fight to get in the building to receive Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? So often we miss those things. Yeah. But so often Christ also reveals them as we've seen them unfold. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if anybody else saw it the way I saw it, but that is definitely what I see go down in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when we see things like the, the Pope's exorcist, uh, that is one of the things that he's showing you some real stuff there. I am. Mm-hmm. And you may think that you're very innocent, but if you hear the... Knocking on the walls, we probably ought to pay attention. So now I want to know what's happened after the movie. Because both of you just freaked out a little bit. Okay, so one night. Okay, let's go with so the one after night. The, after the movie, right? i got to hear Tana's side. Tana's got to tell her part of it. You tell your part, then she'll tell her. But Tana and I went through the house. And like we were, we were doing the blessings and whatnot. Correct. Because I was like, I was like, I was gonna do it before, but I was like, well, we might as well watch it and then do it just in case. <laughs> okay, go on. So, I'm listening. I'm, I'm, we we were praying. We were doing the the salt and the um, anointing oil through the house, right? And um, then just like putting God's authority over the house, and then and then the next part is Tana's part. Because hit it, Tana. Let's hear it. So I don't know if. She- she was asleep. She was asleep in her room, and I was sleeping on the couch. And um, all of a sudden, on the front door, I hear, like, a nail going, just tapping on the door in a rhythmic pattern over and over all night, and it terrified oh, the crap out of me. Night. I was like, I don't know if there's a murderer outside the door or if it's a it demon or what. It was on our front door, and it scared the crap out of me. So who was it? I didn't get up. You didn't get up? <laughs> Did you hide under your covers just no. like a little kid? Oh, and then last night we heard voices oh outside. Like, you live know. in a crazy neighborhood, so we I heard, grew up that and, hood. But we, went, but we went outside to like see who it was outside our door. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Nobody there. Huh? Nobody. Nobody. And we both heard it. Okay. It was a little freaky. Okay. I mean, and I was just like, I rebuke that. Yeah, <laughs> rebuke it. That's good. So one of the things that can happen, and and we'll talk a little bit offline about this, but you know, there are things that you can do in protecting your house. Yeah. 
Okay, and I'll talk about this couple of things on air right now. But one thing that you'll see when you come through my door is you see a mezuzah. Okay, and that is the word of God that's placed up there. And it's a, it's an old Jewish thing. And when I come and I go, 99% of the time, I will touch it, touch it to my mouth, saying, Lord, let your law be upon my lips. Let your... Uh, let your love and spirit be within my heart so that what I can do is call out the sin in my own life is what I'm always mm-hmm. looking to do. But when we put those things up, they, they become a barrier stating that this house belongs to the Lord. Okay. Yep. The other thing that happens is making sure that, you know, before we watch the scary movie, we prepare the house for the scary movie and the other thing is, is pray a little bit about that stuff, you know? We actually yeah. did pray before the movie. We were That's like, it's only educational purposes only. And we just like. Yes, Lord, for <laughs> educational purposes only. <laughs> and Jesus, you know, you guys do realize he laughs a lot when we're talking to him, right? <laughs> yes. He's like, yes, educational. <laughs> It could have been Jesus later on going, I'm knocking on the door now. That'll freak him out. You know, I truly do believe that the Lord has a really great sense he of humor. He does. Yeah. He does. He, he, who else could build a platypus? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, ladies, hey, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. And number one is I want to thank you for having the courage to share a little bit about you know, you're working down at the mission that, that the work that happened, uh, to step away from drugs, alcohol and, and craziness, but also that, that Christ is truly shown that he functions in your life. So I really appreciate that. And I know that we could go into a lot more detail with some of those things and, and maybe we'll do another show here one day and just target those individual things. Okay. That's if you guys are willing. And oh, on absolutely. the other time, I'm going to I'm gonna warn you against watching too scary a movies because they'll freak you out too much. <laughs> You'll both be sleeping over here at my house saying, Pastor Bert, you got to save us. <laughs> you know, which, it. which is, uh, don't worry, Christy is here and I ask her to protect me all the time. <laughs> you know. It'll be you two and my grandkids sleeping in there with her. I have to sleep in the other room. I get it. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for having a little sense of humor. And thanks for uh, filling in some time with me and uh, just uh, being good stewards. I want you both to know that I'm very, very proud of the people you've become. But I was proud of you before you even became those people, just so you know. So I want you to know I love you. And Jesus loves you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop me. For questions or comments, please email us at info at thebarbarianprophet.com. The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness and the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that.
Well, that one more thing we always want to remind you of is that staying up late and watching scary movies always lead to bad, bad things. So the other thing that you need to do is continue praying to Jesus. And I want to throw out one more plug for a show that I really think you need to follow. And that would be Daily Plunge with Doug Scholes. And that show there will help keep you in your words. So jump on there with Doug, the Daily Plunge. And we'll see you next time, Barbarian Nation, on the Barbarian Prophet.